0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And we are here today to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 268, the late September 1990 issue on sale July 17th of 1990 with a cover price of a $1. dollar. This one's titled Madripoor Nights.
1: Yeah, this is a Jim Lee cover featuring... Uh, Wolverine, Captain America, Black Widow, and as the cover proclaims, together again for the first time.
0: It's pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's not a, it's not a typical X-Men cover. It's just got Wolverine on it.
1: Although, I would argue that in this issue, nope, that's not right. I'm going to take that back. I was going to say that they're never together, but that's wrong. They are together.
0: They are. Yeah,
1: albeit not in this form. Nope. Nope. And I learned. I learned some things in this issue, and I learned some things in the New Mutants issue. But we'll talk about New Mutants when we get there.
0: Yeah, the New Mutants is when I learned a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or did you? Maybe, maybe none of it's actually real. Let me
0: put it this way: I have a lot of questions after that, <laughs> and I think all the answers are it does not apply here.
1: It does not matter, and we do not know. Uh, but yeah, this is a uh, this is good, good old fashioned. Man, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say it's good old fashioned clean Jim Lee, but the background's little little vague. It's got some dots. It seems like it's got printer
0: dots, which is interesting. It's an interesting like way to do the sky, is instead of fill it in, you do those old Kirby dots.
1: I feel like there's there's like three motifs that they're going for on that background. Like one's sort of like maybe now or modern, and then like the middle is sort of like old old timey. And then I don't know what the bottom is, where it's just blackened stairs. And, and maybe, maybe I'm
0: supposed to represent the different timelines of the issue.
1: That's kind of what I was wondering. Are there three times represented? Because I thought no. there was only two. <laughs> there was only two. Three characters well, and two timelines. But anyways, uh, yeah, I've always liked this cover.
0: It's it's. I mean, if it was a T-shirt, I would buy it. Oh, heck, yeah, you would. I uh I, I, I kind of hope if I bought it as a t-shirt that it wouldn't have the uncanny X-Men above the logo. No, if Choose. it was if it was it's a t-shirt. If like, it was those three are together what?
1: Yeah, if it was a t-shirt I would want it to just be the foreground, just the three characters, yeah. no background, no yeah. logo. And then you just have a bunch of people that are like, I know all those characters. Although you could yeah, argue that together. maybe some people don't know this iteration of Black Widow cuz they're used to um what's her face? In this day and age, you can probably figure it out. I
0: mean, probably. she has short red hair and the little things that she had in Iron Man. The
1: did, little... she,
0: did she carry her little stingers through besides Iron Man 2? Or, or does she still have those? I don't know.
1: I don't recall Black Widow using stingers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know
0: that she used them as stingers, but she definitely had these little armband stinger thingies on in her first appearance. Okay. I believe that. But. In in all of, all of her appearances, she's had different hairstyles, different like costumes, but it's all been basically black leather, so I would I would assume that people could figure this out.
1: Yeah, I would hope so. They put, like Wolverine, Captain America. Oh, the redhead. It's got to be Black Widow. She's got a spider on her back. It's pretty much, that's it. It's got to be Black Widow. <laughs> Who else could it be? Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. You open up this book and... You get a uh, full... Apparently, Jim Lee
0: has repurposed his drawing of Wolverine from a couple issues ago, the cover of Wolverine, and he has uh, replaced Wolverine's costume with a Captain America costume. I don't know why Wolverine's wearing a Captain America costume.
1: (laughs) Uh, I, I, you know, I guess... I wonder, uh, as an artist, if you... Let me think about this for a second. If you draw your models... Your, your you know your stick uh figure-based models uh and you can save those and then refer back to them later sort of like tracing paper and so mm. you know this this outlet a stick because it's very dynamic i mean it, it proportionally it's it it's great right we've seen other artists throughout the run of the x-men pull try to pull this pose off and it's generally like something's wrong with it from from like a perspective uh, there
0: is one thing that is wrong with it from the perspective, and that's his hands are gigantic
1: ah uh, they work for me like he's he's jumping out at us, especially the one that's holding
0: the strap of the shield. That one looks like a little confused for me
1: it It works for me um it works as long as I don't focus on the hands i'm I'm focusing on them, and you know if you <laughs> I guess if you cover up like the rest of them, they look comically large, but <laughs> relative to the jump out towards us, uh, I think it's great. So my, my point is, if he's got this, the stick figure sort of diagram for where all the joints are and the proportions, and then he puts his blue pencil on top of it and traces it, you know, he could theoretically put any character he wants on top of it and always pretty much maintain the same uh, perspective. I don't know if that's a thing, though. It might
0: be. I mean, why not? You, you I, I would reference myself if I really did a cool Wolverine drawing and I was like, I'm going to do somebody else. I mean, clearly these artists have favorite poses.
1: Yeah, and the thing that I guess I, you you said it, you called it out, is like, this is the Wolverine pose. I don't know why Wolverine dressed like Captain America, and until you said that, I, I'd nothing bothered me here i was just like this is jim lee doing captain america diving at us but i didn't think like oh this is the wolverine pose until you Honestly, said it now if i, now we I hadn't think you just
0: it. covered it a few weeks ago <laughs> or probably months <laughs> ago i i wouldn't have noticed either i think in this reading was the first time i ever noticed it um it's still a it's still a fabulous drawing it's just you know having i, I should have compared it done like a side by side just to see how similar it actually is i'll probably go back and look at it and be like oh this is completely different what was Mm -hmm. i talking about
1: maybe i don't know shut up it might be identical you don't know (laughs) yeah it could be this is captain america in madripoor circa late summer of 1941 and he's Mm. he's a little green he doesn't quite know like he didn't really think about what what's about to happen he's just leaping towards a bunch of blades uh but so he's newly super soldier serumed, I guess,
0: um, and we don't really know how long. But yeah, I mean, it's probably been a year. I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's relative to how old Captain America is. He, he, this, he's he's, uh, he's freshman uh, Captain America. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he's fighting the what the the hand the yakuza, the hand.
0: He's fighting a bunch of ninjas, uh, which to him are just a bunch of ninjas. There's a uh, there's some guy is being attacked by a bunch of ninjas and Captain America sees it. And he says, hey, this is something I want to get involved in.
1: And I thought because the man was with Captain America and had a mustache that it was dum-dum-dugan. But it's not. It's a Russian guy.
0: I also thought that
1: (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have the hat. But I was like, oh, he could have lost that, I suppose.
0: All right, so I am comparing the Captain America side-by-side with the Wolverine now. Wolverine's is a better job. The uh, the oh. hands are better. Uh, he switched knees. Okay. On the Wolverine one, the opposite knee is forward. Uh, Wolverine obviously has a very different face.
1: Yeah, well, I'm because talking of, about the stick, figure, the, the stick figure. The stick figure. And, and his legs being turned over, that just means he turned his tracing paper over. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely very similar. Okay. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... I would say that it is almost certainly from the same pattern. He traced it. From himself, maybe. Who knows?
1: Yeah, he drew the original. He's like, I'm going to do this for Captain America. Trace, 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 trace. Ed came first.
0: Oh, I don't know. The Wolverine one is better, so maybe it came second. It's like he tightened it up.
1: Maybe uh, Jim Lee, when he gets the chance to draw any character, just has pages of these ready to go there's one of spider-man dr do or uh, dr strange and he's just like waiting for the day that he gets an opportunity he's like first panel of my comic is Stephen strange leaping out at you like wolverine with a wand i would love I,
0: if there if there was a book published of jim lee just this one pose of, i'd probably buy it
1: of every marvel superhero yeah i'd buy it yeah for sure. if it was on sale yeah <laughs> got to be one of
0: those nice hardcover books though with the super slick paper
1: yeah uh shrink wrapped and then you never open it and just have it on the shelf
0: i always open those things and then i never read them so same difference i guess (laughs) probably should have left it in the shrink wrap
1: yeah now it's now it's not mint in in plastic
0: i guess they're mostly picture books i flip through them whenever there's words i tend to skip those pages words are tough
1: Uh, yeah. And so we, we do get our introduction. It's it's Captain America and this mustachioed Russian guy. They're fighting ninjas. We do find out a little later on, uh, as one of the ninjas says, um, he is no match for the hand. Yep. And, and he
0: slashes him with uh, similar to Wolverine's claws, except they're between his hands is uh, an interesting choice.
1: And so the Russian guy is held captive by one of the the hand ninjas, Captain America's on his hands and knees and the the other ninja's got his sword and he's about to, I don't know, cut Captain America in half. And that's when we get our credits it's called Madripoor Knights as you mentioned with a K though. K N I G H T S. It works on multiple levels, Adam.
0: That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Written by Chris Claremont. Uh, Chris Claremont, uh, penciled by Jim Lee, Scott Williams is the inker, Glennis Oliver is the colorist, Tom Orszakowski is the letterer, uh, and Bob Harris is the editor, Tom DeFalco is the editor-in-chief.
0: Cut to a man at the end of the alleyway uh, with, I guess he's got some poles, it looks like. He's twirling one of his poles. He... He's strangely not speaking Japanese. This is one of his chances to speak Japanese. Maybe he doesn't know Japanese yet.
1: He says, hey there. One thing that caught me off guard, and I don't know. All right. One of the ninjas says, another round-eyed dog. And I was like, is that is that racist? Probably. And is it... but. You know, is, and is Jim Lee adding this dialogue, or is Cliss, Cliss, And then, which way is it racist? Is it racist against Wolverine, the white guy, or is it racist that we would have a Japanese ninja say that?
0: Uh, probably a little bit of both.
1: Yeah. Or was it just commonplace uh, in 1941? Because that's where Wolverine is. It's 1941. He's come to rescue uh, Captain America from these and the Russian from the ninjas. He doesn't even know who Captain America is. Uh, he just happens to be here in Madripoor. Uh, but, anyways, I, that I, I read that and I was like, "Huh, I wonder." It is
0: probably a uh, derogatory slang towards Americans or Canadians, not just Americans, just uh, maybe Europeans, maybe, maybe non the non Asian. Yeah, it uh, maybe just something that Chris Claremont made up, or it could be legit. I don't know.
1: I feel like if it's something Chris Claremont r- made up, then it's then it's racist. I feel Uh, like if he did research and he he came up with like, okay, in 1941, when Europeans sort of invaded uh, uh, Japan or whatever.
0: I guess if he took a stereotype that we put on Asians that is racist and reversed it to make it reverse racist, then yes, it's still racist.
1: (laughs) I don't think reverse racism is a thing. I think racism is racism is racism. Well,
0: in this case, it (laughs) would be a reverse racism because he's taking the racism that doesn't exist in making it reversed
1: it's a reversal of your expectations but it still could be just plain old racist i don't well, know I, I mean
0: when you reverse racism is just racism
1: that's what i'm trying to say but then again it, and that's what i was uh, neither one of us did any research so it's, it's probably all purely speculative but i i, I was just wondering um, i guess i'm
0: saying he's reversing the stereotype
1: that's sort of what it looks like but I, maybe there's just more to it and uh, i am not cultured enough to know what that is yeah, because I feel like Chris Claremont uh, is a guy who does enough research to make sure that his story isn't like completely false.
0: It seems like something that he wouldn't just make up. Right. Especially not working with Jim Lee. Right. You would hope that he was sensitive enough to, hey, I got this really cool idea, Jim.
1: <laughs> and for Jim to look at it and be like, um, is it too late to reverse that? And for Chris <laughs> to be like, no, 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 it's already at the post or at the press. And Jim Lee to be like, you know what? I don't want to work with you pretty soon.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get you off of this book. Maybe this is where it all started.
1: <laughs> you, you never know. It's like, that guy is racist. I'm I'll show him. I'm going to kick him off his book and then start my own studio and leave it. And then neither of us will have the book. <laughs> That'll show him. Well, anyways, Wolverine uh, uh, jumps in. He fights. Um, Captain America... Sort of takes credit for rescuing Wolverine, or Logan, rather. And Logan's like, ah, uh, I was the one helping you, but whatever. It's all oh, good. he doesn't
0: take credit for He just says, hey, do you need some help? And then...
1: He says, like, hope you don't need some, uh, mind some help, stranger. And yeah. Wolverine's like, I wasn't the one in need of it. Fine. True enough.
0: And much appreciated. So Never that, thought anything like these people before. Combat style takes some getting used to. I'll know better next time.
1: Yeah, I think they, do. they comment earlier that like, oh yeah, uh, he even possesses knowledge of our martial arts, says one of the hand ninjas. So Captain America's got some martial art training, but not enough to have expected what he needed to do in this situation.
0: He's never faced up with ninjas before.
1: Yeah, even though some training.
0: Yeah, some martial arts training, but no ninjas.
1: So they, they take care of business, uh, and I guess as all hand do, they disintegrate.
0: Which is a new thing. I, I, maybe that was established in Daredevil, hmm. but uh, I have never heard of that.
1: I have or to imagine... Not something that I remembered. I have to imagine it's established elsewhere, because uh, there'll be a reference to Daredevil coming up. I feel like that's too weird of a thing just to make up for the story.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm like. A, I'm guessing that it is established in Daredevil, and they're just carrying it over. That's my guess, but I don't actually know that. I don't know enough about the hand in uh, any of the hand stories that we covered with Wolverine. I don't remember any of that happening.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. You mentioned you don't know if Wolverine yet knows Japanese. I guess we should also point out that this is Wolverine, uh, looking the same age. He looks today so this i think is like the first story that sort of establishes that wolverine may not be like just a 40 year old man
0: oh yeah i really think about that that's true he uh he's wearing pretty much the same outfit as as his kind of um like civvies uniform he's just got kind of a, a leather jacket um a fedora cargo pants cargo pants and, uh, yeah, he has not aged a day between 1991 and 1941, which we establish in this very issue that it has been about 50 years since this happened. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Considering all the Marvel Universe sort of stuff. Yeah. I think, I think there's a thing. I think they make a joke out of it, actually. Oh, we'll have to look for that. Because otherwise, it doesn't make any sense.
1: So, yeah, they, they introduce each other to one another Uh, as you mentioned wolverine we don't know if wolverine knows uh how to speak japanese at this point but captain america does make a comment of uh you you talk like them now because i guess wolverine's uh using the word genin genin
0: yeah you talk like you know them genin i believe you said i don't know how to pronounce it i'm just going with that sure uh Mm -hmm. common assassins a demon ninja clan called the hand japanese by birth and heritage they work for whoever pays for them. Thanks for the help. I'm Captain America. Whatever.
1: <laughs> I like the suit.
0: He does not. Oh, he does shake his hand eventually. First, he bows his uh, hat. He tips his hat before he shakes his hand.
1: Just, uh, just the thing for playing it sly and sneaky. Captain America's like, nope, I'm a symbol. Everybody needs to know that America's here. And Wolverine's like, I'm just a guy. I've never met a symbol before. It's funny. Uh, my name's Logan welcome to Lowtown and then 49 years later we see that um Black Widow is now fighting
0: the hand fighting hand ninjas uh spiders are supposed to set traps not charge headlong into them time to swallow my Russian pride and turn to the better part of valor and she is caught by chains and uh Looks like she's about to face the end. She says, "You want me, Jenin? Be prepared to fare the price." So even, even in her possible death, she's standing tall. And then Jean, Jean, uh, Jubilee, and we hear well, we hear snicket. So you know, I'm, there was no doubt that Wolverine was going to show
1: up. We hear and he snicked, and one of the hand ninjas is like, "That sound!" And the other ninjas like, "Ancestors, no!" Because they know what's about to happen next. But what they don't know
0: is that a little girl in a diaper is about to throw <laughs> uh, a bunch of Paffs, PAMs at uh, fireworks at them.
1: Yes. Jubilee is wearing her yellow trench coat and green shorts, and she's winding up like a baseball pitcher. But we're getting sort of a, a direct shot at her, and the shorts just don't work. It, it looks like a big green diaper.
0: It's not a good drawing. <laughs>
1: it's not, no, it's not like the legs are sort of a mess. There's like a big bulge coming out of her. looks like right leg, the leg that's on the ground.
0: I think that's a shadow from the Cape, but yeah, it does. It does look like a tumor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not enough. Like the, the, the panel's not big enough to get, you know, your, your typical sort of Jim Lee face dynamics. So it's, he tries to slide some in there, but it's, it's not great. Uh. So she throws some fireworks at the hand ninjas. Uh, Psylocke jumps in. Uh, everybody else is blinded. Psylocke's using her telepathy to sort of see for her. Uh, and then Wolverine just comes in and shreds everybody.
0: Thought I made this clear a long time ago, Jinnin. is my turf. You are welcome.
1: Didn't they already yeah. fight the hand? with with um, hayabusa or whatever his name is yeah that wasn't in madripoor
0: though oh. that was in uh wherever they picked up psylocke singapore or hong kong or something i think singapore yeah. yeah or maybe it was hong kong one of those two i think you're right hong kong um I find Jubilee's kicking a can over the uh ninja in the background it's pretty funny
1: <laughs> well like a big uh oil drum
0: yeah a big industrial yeah. oil drum yeah
1: it's not like a like a soda can
0: not yet. It's, she's not playing kick the can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so they they handily clean up uh, clean up this mess. And Jubilee comments on how gross it was that they melt. I mean, like unto major both She calls them scuds a couple of times, and I feel like is Chris Claremont
0: trying to get scuds to work?
1: Yeah, yeah. Are those uh, scuds us or what? But is it? It is so absolutely gross the way they melt. I mean, like unto major. Bar feel yeah and then earlier when she's doing the pitch she says batter up scuds ball." so yeah i think because claremont's trying to make scuds work and i don't do you think it's a it's a reference to scud missiles because i I feel like we're right around the time of the uh iraq war right it
0: could be (laughs) um but i don't think i'm I'm gonna keep track of scuds now forget about it
1: i don't recall scuds becoming a thing but I could be wrong. Maybe I just skipped past that and blocked it all. And Scuds is like the hugest thing ever in the Marvel Universe.
0: Everybody <laughs> Chris <laughs> Claremont's gonna keep trying something until it sticks, and Scuds, I'm assuming, is not it.
1: I I this is probably Googleable, but I wonder if Chris Claremont has kids. I don't know. And then if he had kids, if he would show, like, hey, uh kids, I'm gonna have Jubilee, who's about fifteen or 14, use the word scuds. What do you think? And his kids are like, Dad, you're so lame. We're going to go to the mall. Comics are dumb.
0: I'm doing it into Google. I'm doing it. I'm typing it into Google. Does Chris Claremont have kids?
1: I am going to guess, based on the interviews that I've seen, I'm going to guess no, but I'm probably wrong.
0: He has two... Okay. He has two spouses and two children.
1: What are the ages of the children?
0: It does not say. I'm just looking at a basic Google search. I could probably dig into it. It also doesn't say when he divorced his first spouse and when he married his second spouse. There's a lot of detail. It's just it's, you know how you Google something and it gives you like yes. the, the little quick bio, little bits of the the wiki article that it's referring to.
1: Psylocke jumps in. She's like, restrain yourself, child. Wolverine asks her to psy-scan the neighborhood. Uh, Psylocke's already done that. Uh, Meanwhile, Black Widow, kind of looking sexy, to be honest. Uh, She's like, fancy meeting you here, Wolverine. Although, all things considered, under the circumstances. And then she kind of gets weak, falls to to her knees, and says, I probably shouldn't be surprised. Saving me from death. worse it appears. Appears to be something of a habit she passes out and wolverine catches her natasha
0: so and she says wait don't use my my real name
1: (laughs) does she have a secret identity i don't know anything about black Uh, Widow. it seems like her
0: secret identity is not a secret she is natasha romanoff black widow and everybody seems to know it so
1: oh i feel like the only character in the marvel universe Mm, that's not true Maybe two successful secret identities are Tony Stark and Peter Parker. I feel like everybody else, like some people have secret identities that the general population doesn't know, but like all the other superheroes know. Like, oh, hey, that's Reed Richards, although I don't think his identity was ever secret. But nobody, maybe up until recently...
0: And, but yeah, both of those people at some point have given up their identities. Right. But I feel like there was
1: decades of comics written before like that story was written where people started to know who they were. Whereas like, I don't, Matt Murdock is a, is a secret identity, but I feel like the superhero community at large is like, yeah, yeah. Matt Murdock, totally daredevil.
0: (laughs) You need a lawyer?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Call daredevil. i Matt Murdock. (laughs) Um, So, Back in 1941, Wolverine is at a a bar called Seraph's, which today is known as the Princess Bar. He's got a couple of drinks in his hand. He's
0: whistling a tune. Um, Looks like he's looking back at the back of a woman.
1: Yeah, I think he's checking out the, the rich lady, which I didn't really catch at first. I just thought that this was like... Young and like like um, cocky Wolverine, just sort of like got a got a song on his his lips. Just just had a fight earlier in the day. He's got his drinks, and he's he's really not looking forward. Uh, but but now that you mentioned that there's a lady there, I think he's checking her out.
0: Yeah, but he's also because Wolverine never does anything not on purpose, setting himself up to bump into somebody. Oh, as we learn later, that's and true. he does, and it is uh, a, a Nazi.
1: Oh, it's not just a nazi it's baron strucker it's baron strucker who's who's the number three nazi in the marvel universe who's number two uh i don't know uh what is goebbels uh i don't is think
0: Gerb- he goebbels doesn't exist in the marvel universe
1: <laughs> it, well i don't i don't really know uh it, goebbels or Himmler it could be two yeah uh but they refer to him in this comic as the number three to hitler
0: so I guess number two is probably the Red Skull.
1: Oh, I think you're right. So maybe, yeah. So so maybe, maybe Goebbels and Himmler are like two and three to the public, but on the inside and wherever there's superpowers, they're really four and five. Yeah. With Strucker and Red Skull taking in the number three and number two spot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, one of the Nazi henchmen here, I don't know if he has a name says, apologize to Baron Strucker this instant. He was in my way. Um,
0: And then that guy says, this is a respectable... Well,
1: this is a respectable
0: establishment. I'm not doing a German accent. (laughs) This is a respectable establishment. Yep. So they let you goose steppers in. A fight is about to uh, happen when a voice from off panel says, this is my place, gentlemen.
1: Well, I I want Pointedly,
0: is coming from down below.
1: Now, when I read this... This is where my mind went, is that uh, the the not Strucker guy, because Strucker's not doing any talking at this point. He says, uh, then I will happily thrash you within an inch of your life. Uh, I see the text, this is my place, gentlemen. And for some reason, I think it's coming from Wolverine, even though it's clearly not, it's coming from down below. Then Wolverine's looking forward and uh, Strucker, he's got a question mark he's looking down and then this other nazi's got an exclamation point and he's looking down i thought that wolverine was like so disinterested in this that he he was like he was peeing and these two guys are <laughs> like what wait what is happening right now but then you wow. turn the page and we meet seraph who's who's just a just a small person
0: i don't think i could have ever gone down that road <laughs> i just would have never thought that wolverine was peeing <laughs>
1: Well, he's at a bar. He's had a lot to drink. He's uh, you know, he's in the presence of Strucker. It it could be funny um for him to be so disrespectful to this very powerful person in 1941. Not without a sound effect though. I don't think you I've ever would be like a Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen um peeing depicted <laughs> in a Marvel comic book. Which so. is exactly how we know that. Yeah
0: wolverine is not being they they are all looking down which i didn't notice until this reading
1: but in in my mind's eye as i quickly looked at those panels and that that idea formed i kind of giggled uh, and then i turned the page and, <laughs> and there's seraph and i was like well oh, that that works better for the story i suppose so anyway
0: seraph is a little person who owns the bar
1: and she commands oh. respect
0: and she owns the bar.
1: And she gets the respect, too, because even like stands up straight and is like, oh, my gosh, sorry.
0: I decide who stays and goes. Takes all sorts to make a good saloon, Herr Kreutzmann. Oh, that guy's Herr Krutzman. Mm. And it isn't always the clothes that brand a man as class or riffraff. And she gets up on the table so that she can see the two Nazis eye to eye. And Wolverine says, that's telling him, darling. And she says, shut your mouth. I'll deal with you later.
1: <laughs> yep. She ain't missing around. Yeah.
0: A regrettable misunderstanding, madam, says Baron Strucker. And he kisses her hand.
1: They walk and off back towards again. the bar. And then Wolverine goes from sort of like cocky Wolverine with his drinks to like, like a, I don't know where, if he had this all along, but like, oh yeah, he's got this vodka bottle in his hand. Uh, and now he just looks wasted. <laughs> Which
0: I don't think he is because it doesn't appear that he's actually drunk, drinking anything. I think he's just being like knocked over the back of the head by Seraph.
1: Oh, maybe she's pulling him by the collar, I think. Yeah. Back towards her. Going
0: somewhere, Shorty? Yeah. Back to my table. By rights, I should toss you to your street on your knuckle, Keister. You know the rules, Logan. It wasn't, wasn't, or it wasn't my fault. Please, Whatever you have planned, take it outside. I won't have my place wrecked or my customers put at risk for you or anyone. Yes, ma'am. Don't sass me, Shorty. She calls him Shorty. It's funny. (laughs) I mean it. Don't doubt it for a minute. And he meets up with Captain America and Russian guy whose name is Ivan Petrovich, apparently. And uh,
1: Captain America says, I don't drink.
0: Why am I not? Why am I not surprised? But I knew that. Not even the slightest residual taint of alcohol in your scent. That's not weird, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mineral water for you. Vodka for Major Petrovich. I am even Ivan, please.
0: Bears for yours, truly. Lashem. No, le sh- how do you? Lashayim.
1: Yeah. A cheer. I don't know what it means, but okay. Cheers. I think it's Jewish. I, I could be wrong so, though, too,
0: but I. uh... I don't know what it means, but I did recognize it.
1: What is the 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 Russian cheer? Uh, Nostrovia. 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 Uh, l'chaim in Hebrew is a toast, meaning to life. When a couple okay. becomes en- engaged, celebrate, not just when they get engaged, but to life. So uh, this probably works on multiple levels. They were just with Nazis, and then they're using a Hebrew toast.
0: Uh-huh. Clever. Yeah, I don't know. You bumped into those Germans deliberately, says the captain. Don't miss a trick, eh, Cap? You're both after the big fella Strucker. This way I've tagged his scent so I can follow his trail anywhere on the island. That sounds like something an animal would do, says Captain America judgingly.
1: Human captain beings and animal, Bub. Though most animals probably wouldn't take that as much of a compliment. I meant no offense. <laughs> no taken.
0: What's your interest in this, Mr. Logan, who doesn't have a last name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Awfully convenient the way you came to a rescue. He's like, nothing convenient about it. His interest uh, turns out to be in the hand and a and a potential... Oh, and, and any enemy of theirs is a potential friend of his, so this is just sort of a, a mutually beneficial uh, engagement here.
0: That information, comrades, I believe I can provide. It is probably why those assassins were trying to kill me. Adrian one of the Reich's top operatives reporting to Hitler himself, has abducted to a young girl left in my charge. Natasha Alianova Romanov. And then they both turn to her and say, huh? who? Dun dun dun! I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, you mean the five-year-old girl that probably has no like reference to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean anything?
1: I am not familiar with Black Widow's background other than what i've learned in the marvel cinematic universe me neither uh okay well then my knowledge and understanding of her is that she was because in the avengers movie isn't she like all tied up well she's doing spy stuff so no that's not it um she was
0: the the movie one of the avengers has her being raised by russians in a ballet school yeah like that's from the comics Probably so she's she's like a super spy assassin sort of thing, but I'm I don't know how much of that is from the comics or not. I know she's been involved with Matt Murdock Daredevil. I think she's been involved with uh, Hawkeye. Could be wrong about that one. She's a former Avenger. She was you know involved that?
1: with the Hulk, right? Uh, I don't know. In, in, <laughs>
0: oh, in the movie, in the movie, yes,
1: that's <laughs> got to be based on on pure pure com- comic. I don't I don't think it is. I don't think I so think, either. Just maybe. I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, maybe they, I don't know. It was either a, a, a plot of convenience to have her be the the person to take control of the Hulk, or maybe there's like a mini-series we're not aware of. Either either plausible and possible. There's a
0: lot of comics I haven't read.
1: Same. Well, anyways, uh, flashing to now, Natasha Ilyanova Romanoff. Whatever her name is, she wakes up uh, and she immediately sees a man in the corner of her eyes. And she goes to do her her spider bite, her spider sting, but Wolverine has taken her costume and her little gauntlets uh, because he figured that this would probably happen. Uh, and she's just in her nighty, basically.
0: Which I gotta wonder: like, did Wolverine have a nighty handy, or does was are they in Black Widow's hotel
1: room? I, I am going to guess that Wolverine is a class act. And one of two things happened. He he took the uniform and the, the stingers because he knew this was going to happen. He didn't want anybody to get hurt. And she was either wearing the garments that she has underneath it or she's like, hey, Psylocke, I don't want to be a creep. Can you help me out with this? Yeah. I mean, and I'm she sure. dressed him. Or her jubilee
0: and yeah silock had something to, to do with getting her down to her lingerie here
1: yeah it 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 looks a little too loose frilly and sexy to be underneath her costume to be honest so i yeah. feel like uh wolverine had to enlist some help uh Especially make- if
0: you, you go back a couple pages to her costume, that is a skin-tight costume. There's nothing underneath that costume.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and this would not be that pay- is
0: Jim Lee drawing a naked woman and shading it gray, <laughs> essentially.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You are absolutely correct. Uh, and 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 what she's wearing would bunch up underneath that, and and there'd be lines all over the place. So, but anyways, enough of that. Uh, Wolverine uh, again. Well, we we find out later that he's he's Uncle Logan. So so right there, you know that like. There's like a family vibe going on here,
0: even though it's not Middle blood related. Uncle, seriously, are you all right? She says, in, uh, she says in Russian, and he says, cut that out. You know Russian isn't ain't my strong suit. He also says, like Indy said, ain't the years that take the toll, it's the mileage. Who's Indy? Indiana that, Jones. Did, does, he, does he say, ain't the years that take the toll, it's the mileage? What does he say? What's, his, what's the line? Why don't I know this?
1: I'm going to Google it. I feel <laughs> like it's in Last Crusade ain't the
0: years that 1991 was last crusade out yet or was no that was an 80s movie so yeah i guess it would be out
1: i feel like last crew oh it's not the years honey it's the mileage
0: oh okay
1: with his iconic charming patronizing way of speaking to women <laughs> oh it's from rangers of the lost ark
0: iconic charming patronizing okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh It must be when he goes to the bar and meets up with Karen Allen and she's like, you burned down my bar. And he's like, it ain't the years, honey. It's the mileage. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we got to go get an arc. And then the movie ends. (laughs) Oh, and somebody has a bazooka. I think that's, that's Indy, right? He has the bazooka on the, on the cliff.
0: He, he has a bazooka that he does not fire. Disappointingly.
1: Yeah. I don't, I recognized the line. He said like Indy said, and I was like, well, it's Indiana Jones, but I, I assumed
0: that it had to be Indiana Jones, but I like, I didn't remember any line that sounded anything like ain't the years that take the toll. It's the mileage, but
1: I guess yeah, it must be. I was having trouble placing the movie, which is why I said last crusade, which was wrong. And in last crusade, I feel like that line would be more appropriate for Sean Connery and not India or uh, Harrison Ford, but eh. We're wrong Wolverine's right <laughs> okay <laughs> Indy said a variation of that yes and, and in uh, Wolverine here he says uh, uh, cut it out I, I don't speak Russian so good talk English
0: I'm fine he says and she says you lie as always easily as always it's good to see you again Logan always a pleasure for me too and the Jubilee gets fun line my imagination or it's every old buddy wolverine has got in the world like some fabulously gorgeous Babe,
1: mm. now when Black Widow says, "And you lie as easily as always," is he referring to like is is Wolverine still like damaged from his Reaver battle and healing, or is it think so. is it a mental damage because like he lost all the X Men he's trying to find them?
0: I think it's the physical damage. Yeah, but okay, it's probably both. I don't know. Does he does has he lost all the X Men? Does he feel damaged? I mean, I, I assume they're hanging out in Madripoor until Wolverine fully recovers, and then they're going to leave Madrupur. That was my assumption. Sure, But you know what they say about assumptions.
1: It ain't the suck. years that take. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, Psylocke says, Jubilee, it's impolite to pry. She's like, somebody's got to look out for him. And I sure as heck don't trust it to be you. Ms. Mind-Reading so-called ex-assassin, she thinks to herself, which Psylocke totally can't hear. <laughs> and since some of us aren't telepaths,
0: Psylocke, we got to do it the old-fashioned way. What's this little uncle she keeps calling him in Russian that I obviously speak?
1: <laughs> oh, so terribly precious, don't you think? Makes me barf.
0: Did Chris Claremont in, uh, invent barf? <laughs> so that, Maybe. that's That stood up the test in time.
1: Yeah barf city (laughs) barf was not in the lexicon until chris claremont had jubilee say it a lot yes it's true (laughs) well meanwhile uh black widow's she's she's dressed in her black widow outfit and um let's see not so long ago this is where we get the daredevil reference uh, i thought daredevil and i had dealt with the hand once and for all evidently that was a while ago in the classic daredevil 185 to 190 yeah, so remember that. Nope, we covered it on the podcast, <laughs> and we get a reference to the Strucker twins, Andrea and Andreas.
0: Black Widow is in Maghapor because she's tracking the Strucker twins
1: as a favor for Nick Fury. Benres, yes. I, I don't... What is happening with this panel of Jubilee and... I was trying to figure it out. And Psylocke's... There's... So I like what's happening here, right? You've got, like, the adults are, like, talking, right? And we have, like, a wide shot of, of everybody's kind of full figure, Wolverine in the foreground, Psylocke and um, Blackwood in the background, and they're, like, talking about, like, why are we here and what are we going about to do? And then we see Jubilee in the center of the frame, sort of slouched on a chair, like, fiddling with strings... Just like totally like, I'm so mad right now. Nobody's paying attention to me, and I guess all these babes are just paying attention to Wolverine, and I'm the only one that cares. <laughs> and then we zoom into uh, uh, Jubilee's face, which is fine, but we do it at this weird angle where we get Psylocke's midsection, and it. I don't know if it's Jim Lee wanted to draw Psylocke's midsection like it. It doesn't. Well,
0: it's sit. it's at the height of Jubilee's head, so it's a shot of Jubilee. With Psylocke in the frame, and she's
1: she's giving a look at Psylocke that is kind of like, Ugh, Psylocke, am I right? I feel like you could have gone like straight in on the chair, maybe had a bit of Psylocke's thigh, and do the same sort of side eye. But just I don't know. It's it's but, just such a weird choice. I think what's happening is that I
0: like I don't understand what's with the finger stuff. She's she's using like <laughs> it's, she's using something. Her power, maybe Her power.
1: Well, and she's doing like, like those little string tricks where you you make little patterns and then you do a thing and then you make a new pattern. Right. Something and you do get, in your board. I
0: get, I get the feeling that Psylocke disrupts it and that's why she looks at Psylocke and then mm. looks at her hands and then puts her hands in her chin. That was the feeling that I got. But there is no sign that Psylocke does anything, so I could be wrong about that.
1: Yeah. And the dialogue is Wolverine saying, but if their involvement was a surprise, what brought you, what brought you here? Uh, Jubilee side-eye to... I guess Psylocke's hip uh, We were coming from the other direction Heard there was a hand cadre Running on my turf Figured to find out why Psylocke no longer sees her strings Or, or Jubilee no longer sees her strings And then she puts her face in her palms
0: Maybe because she lost her focus because Oh she, that could be She turned to look at Psylocke And she was like "Ah, rats
1: uh, Why did I have to look at that lady It's weird It's a weird pacing But whatever
0: yeah, I mean, it's a nice moment. It's just, it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little unclear what exactly is happening. So, I, I do, I do like all of the drawings of Jubilee.
1: Yeah, no, Jubilee is fine, and I, I wish it was just Jubilee. I, the thing that's just weird is the section of Psylocke that Jim Lee chose to draw and feature prominently in the panel is like <laughs> perhaps dude, it shouldn't come take on. up the
0: entire amount, <laughs> the the entire half of the panel. But I mean, you it, know, you have to, you have to at least see who she's looking at with Uh, you know
1: yeah sure
0: she she doesn't she she's looking at her disapprovingly she's looking at psylocke disapprovingly and psylocke kind of has to be in the panel and if you look at the previous panel that's approximately where her head is so what can you do
1: yeah anyhow uh we, we also heard here that matsuo suryaba
0: the, the guy from a few issues ago that turned Betsy into a ninja. Yes. That guy.
1: So, like, we got Fenris, and we've got the young Jonin, which I guess is a title of some sort. Fenris
0: and the young Jonin talk about an unholy alliance. Interesting choice of words. Logan, how long since we...
1: now 50 years, princess. And then Jubilee thinks to herself, her? That old? Uh-uh, no way, not a chance, totally impossible, barf, good. They're like totally ancient history. And I got
0: to believe that's a joke about the uh, Marvel Universe, people never aging, because there's no way the Black Widow is like at least 60 years
1: old at this point. If I mean, if she is, she looks fabulous, so great for her. <laughs> well, I was I mean, wondering if there was some other component of her power that we don't know about. Like, did she get... Some alternate minor dose of super uh, soldier serum or any other like w- Nick Fury has something that's kept him alive for 70 years does it could be does I she have that as well
0: I have no idea Um and I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick with the idea that this is a joke about how nobody ever ages in the Marvel Universe but you could be right there could be an actual legit reason behind this but I don't know what it is
1: yeah I don't know it's funny though. If it if it is a joke, it's like so high level meta <laughs> that I appreciate it for that, but I just feel like it's there's something else like she just has some some slow aging power or formula in her, but I don't know. You could be right. Um
0: regardless, they never they don't explain it. So we're left in the dark
1: that's true like we don't get the the editor's note of natasha romanoff was injected with blah 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 blah. yeah so uh yeah i mean i guess if if let's think about this for a second uh judging by these panels um black widow is probably no older than 25 or she's just a well fit mid-30s person so we just give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's 35 years old in 1941 if she's 10 add 25 to that that takes us to 1966 is it possible that the first black widow story was written in 1966 that feels too 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 long ago because that's only three years into the x-men and if they're they're saying that uh black widow was like a 10 year old girl in 1941 i feel like there's got to be more to it unless she's just like a really well fit 40 year old at which point the first story could have been written in 1976. I think
0: she was a character in the 60s. I feel like she was in the Avengers in the 60s.
1: You think so? Like that early? Because I think the Avengers was like 1961 or 2?
0: The Avengers was either the same month or the month before or after X-Men.
1: I think it was before the X-Men, I feel like.
0: So it was like a month before the X-Men. Because we did a crossover, and they were like one issue apart or something like that. Mm. No, No, they were... Usually we did we did a crossover that was like X Men number thirty, and the Avengers were Oops. at like fifty, so they're way ahead.
1: Avengers number one is nineteen sixty three. X Men number one I feel like is oh, now we got movie stuff.
0: It's also nineteen sixty three. Yeah,
1: it? I thought it was. I'm pretty sh- sure it's yes. Uh, X Men number one nineteen sixty three. So. They're, they're a manner of issues separated, although I guess the question would be when when X-Men was coming out, it was bi-monthly, uh, and I think maybe all of the comics were bi-monthly, or did Avengers move to monthly at that point right away? I don't know.
0: I think that Avengers was monthly right away, and that's why they were so far ahead when they did that crossover.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, in any event, I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh her first appearance was in 1964. Okay. Tales of Suspense.
1: And I bet you that Tales of Suspense was probably an origin story of her in 1941 being brainwashed or trained or whatever uh, by the Russians, maybe to fight Nazis, maybe to fight Americans. Uh, and
0: in that issue, her Russian secret agent partner was Boris, Boris and Natasha. <clears throat> That's bad. I kid you not. <laughs>
1: Well <laughs> can't win them all.
0: That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there's a whole
1: section of our audience who's like I don't what I don't understand. What's Boris and Natasha? <laughs> Why is that funny? Why it's do you hate Russians? Guys. It's pretty funny, guys and gals. Yeah, Google it. Google Boris and Natasha. Do it. The first hit will not be Black Widow and some dude named Boris. That's true. Oh, there's a Boris and Natasha movie that was made in nineteen ninety two. Ah, oh, so the kids might be hip to it. Yeah. Oh, it was even animated, like in the old style. No, no, this was live action.
0: Yeah. Who <laughs> played the Boris and Natasha? Was it that guy from Street Fighter? He's in everything.
1: Oh, Raul Julia? Yeah, he seems like he'd be a good <laughs> Boris. Uh, d- uh No, d- Dave Thomas actually played Boris. Th- I that, don't know who that is. Isn't know, that, that the guy who owns Wendy's? No, no. Dave Thomas is... um uh uh great white north um take off you hoser not rick moranis but the other guy <laughs> oh okay uh john yeah. K- oh this makes sense john candy was in the movie and then some woman who i don't know sally kellerman played natasha fatale andrea martin that seems like a, so it looks like it was kind of like a second city ish joint Ooh, john travolta was in there sid oh, Haig was in there oh my gosh everybody's in there these
0: guys would Decide to do a Boris and Natasha movie. (laughs)
1: It's like
0: if uh, uh, like Broken Lizard did a Boris and Natasha
1: movie. I don't know who Broken Lizard is.
0: I don't know. They're those guys that are. They do. They did movies. Um, um. They do the uh, Super Troopers movies. Oh, okay. The the one where they all go to a beer fest.
1: I'm gonna offer an unpopular opinion, and I never got Super Troopers
0: um i never did either but i it's i find some things fun it's it's the type of thing if you're into a a certain group of people like there's probably a lot of people who didn't get brain candy but i love that movie and i think it has to do with just liking the troop that it came out of so because if you like those guys broken lizard whatever club then you might like that movie What is their most famous thing? Is it Super Troopers?
1: Did you like Brain Candy because it was a good movie? Or did you like Brain Candy because it was Kids in the Hall? That's what I'm saying. I liked it because it was Kids in the Hall.
0: I also think it's a great movie, but I've seen it like a thousand times. So I can't really judge.
1: I should see it again. I recall like waiting for that movie because I also liked Kids in the Hall quite a bit. And then uh, it came out. Or it was coming no, there was like I think it was production delays, like it just didn't come out forever and then they finally released it. I was like, Yes. And I can't remember if it came out in theaters or if I had to rent it, but either way I watched it and I was like, Oh, it didn't live up to the hype. It's, it's my, definitely hype, my internal like, hype.
0: Yeah, I think I think it doesn't live up to the hype, but it it lives up to being its its own sort of thing. And I think it has stood the test of time as I don't know, there's a lot of quotable lines in it and I, I find it hilarious to this day yeah I should,
1: I should i had forgotten completely about it until you just mentioned it so i i might need to i mean i might need to rewatch that
0: you definitely should
1: anyways i know uh, the
0: whole thing's on youtube because i watched it on youtube recently i was like hey this is on youtube and then i clicked play and then an hour and a half later i was like that's a good movie
1: and now and i did not intend to sit there for the whole hour and a half and since we kind of got to brain candy from boris and natasha i feel like i should watch boris and natasha
0: Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> let me know how that is. I mean, I'll watch it if it's any good.
1: I'm sure it's terrible, but just just some of the cast members I listed, like, huh, I bet you they had a lot of fun making that.
0: Broken Lizards Club Dread. They also did The Slammin' Salmon and Club Club Dread. Oh, no, there's Broken Lizards. The, the movie's called Club Dread, which was, I guess, their their funny horror movie at a beach resort sort of thing. Which I think I've seen parts of. I get a I get a lot of these people confused. The what was the the uh the other group that was around on MTV at the time the Kids in the Hall was popular? The State. Oh. Those yeah. guys those guys are funny too. I think
1: I, I think I missed the State. I mean uh there are certain troops that kind of like were either in your window of yeah of watching like a lot of people like I don't like well a lot of people now probably like I don't know what SCTV is right but yeah I watched SCTV I was like this is amazing right like oh, look at all these talent the talent came out of there and then you got kids in the hall where there's a lot of people that like I don't know what kids in the hall is to, to you and I we were, we were there when kids in the hall was happening we enjoyed kids missed in the hall I the
0: whole Bob and Dave thing and the, everybody loves Bob and Dave
1: yep who's Bob and Dave
0: Bob Odenkirk and oh oh
1: it? oh Mr. Show Mr. Show is great Mr. Show.
0: yeah that's what see that's how badly I missed it because I don't even know what the show's called
1: <laughs> yeah I man I love Mr. Show and I think we've talked about that like I don't know if it's like rose-colored glasses but I can rewatch that and and laugh um but no, I don't how know I feel like, about kids in the hall well yeah I feel the same way about the kids in the hall but you know again rose-colored glasses or like you and I watch those you know sometimes together sometimes separately um I could rewatch it. What I'm wondering is if you you take a modern day audience who's got like some some level of, I don't know, comedic intelligence. And what I mean by that is, you know, not just like, you know, whatever's on YouTube or TikTok is funny, but like kind of a a worldly view of of comedy or historical view of comedy. If you show them Kids in the Hall or Mr. Show, if they're like, eh,
0: I don't know. Or if
1: they're like, this is great
0: comedy's tough though i mean like netflix has that auntie donna's i don't know if you've seen that um they nope. got six episodes on netflix a bunch of stuff on youtube they're auntie donna's something or other a uh, house of fun or something like that uh it's funny i think it's really funny uh it's probably the best comedy thing but i can imagine like a lot of people watch it and they're like this is stupid and it is it is stupid but it's gloriously stupid <laughs>
1: the other thing that a lot of people in my circles have been talking about that I, I haven't watched, and it's not just because, not, not that I don't want to, is uh, Letter Kenny. Everybody quotes that incessantly.
0: I've seen some episodes, and it, it, um, I haven't, re- they've been on in the background as I've been working, um, and, uh, they move really fast. So you, it's kind of a show that you sort of have to pay attention because everybody talks fast. There's a lot of fluidity to it. It seems, it seems interesting, but I haven't paid enough attention to really make a judgment on it.
1: So, it's on my list. One day I'll I'll catch that. Anyways, uh, back in nineteen forty one, back in nineteen forty one, Octone baby, yeah, Bono's there with the Edge. They're driving a Trabant. Is that a Trabant? No, no. Oh, okay. But those are the little cars that were in the Zoo TV tour. Were hanging from the ceiling.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Anyways, this is this is some nineteen forty one limo and uh. uh other nazi is driving it uh, i don't know if baron strucker's in this car or not i don't think he is okay but wolverine's there in the middle of the audio or middle of the road and, and this nazi's like nothing's to stop us we're gonna have to run that man over and kill him
0: funny thing bub i was thinking pretty much the same about you and he times his jump somehow to uh <laughs> leap over the hood of the car and through the windshield and we get an awesome-ish shot of Wolverine kicking the driver through the windshield, although the background of the car suddenly becomes gigantic. That's it's what like, I was... like the TARDIS. That's
1: what I was going to... I did not even connect to that. Like, I was... I don't know if it's, like, comics logic that, like... I didn't even question this panel. I didn't even realize <laughs> that Wolverine had kicked through the windshield and is now inside of the car kicking the driver in the face, even though that's exactly what's being displayed on the panel and the reason I didn't connect that is because the car like you said gets so large that there's no way that what's happening could actually be happening and i just accepted that
0: yeah i mean it it looks great despite yeah. the fact that what's happening doesn't work um visually but it it still works
1: yeah
0: um but the the concept is better than the execution i guess
1: <laughs> uh I, I i don't know uh, if, if what you're trying to convey is that Wolverine is kicking a man through a car window and he's flying through the car, you're correct. The execution didn't work. If you wanted to see a really good drawing of Wolverine kicking a man in the face with a sidekick, you got what you paid for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> And it was worth the price of admission.
0: And and I would argue that that is so good that it doesn't matter that the first part doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, And then we see a a faraway panel of of Wolverine, I guess, uh, still in the car, I think, beating people up, saying, and for the record, I'm Canadian and proud of it.
0: The car flips over. Captain America and Ivan, what's his face, show up. Who does that loon think he is? Some sort of Superman? Uh, Nothing at all like you, eh, comrade captain?
1: And he says, that's different. different. At least I have Professor Erskine's super soldier serum to thank for giving my edge.
0: Allied swine, your schoolboy heroics are wasted, says Nazi guy. If the wreck cannot have the child, no one can. Have. And he just fires his pistol, it looks like, and starts firing, firing it into the car. Into Wolverine. Be like a machine gun or something, but Wolverine uh, oh, says, yeah. down, girl, and uh, covers up Natasha.
1: I, I think that Boris has, like, one of those old, like, gangster machine guns with the round barrel bullet clip. I think this Nazi has like a Luger pistol.
0: He fires in an awful lot. It just, it, it he fires goes it bam, three times. Bam. Okay, fine. But I, the way that it, for some reason, when I first read this, I thought he was machine gunning the side of the car. It was a much cooler image in my head.
1: Adam, a machine gun goes Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. A gun right. goes bam, bam, bam. You're
0: right. But, <laughs> Visually, in my mind, I was like, oh, man, he's machine gunning Wolverine, and Wolverine's covering Natasha, and it's awesome.
1: Did you not learn anything from G.I. Joe
0: comics? See, the thing was that Wolverine, you knew Wolverine was going to come back from this, but if it was a machine gun, it's even Mm. more impressive than if it was just, like, a shot from a gun.
1: But do you know who doesn't know that Wolverine's going to come back from this? Everybody else. (laughs) So they all think he's dead. So it would have been more impactful if
0: there was, like— he was riddled with bullets. Uh, there there's no way that guy was coming back. But this this you can just explain away as like, oh, he must not have been shot too bad.
1: Now wait a minute. Is is this is the Russian guy here? Is this is this Boris?
0: Um his
1: name's not Boris. Okay <laughs> I think I just confused it with your Boris and Natasha Marvel tales.
0: Yes, Boris uh is somebody else. This guy is I forget what his name is now. I knew what Ivan. Ivan, okay. Ivan Petrovich, he is there. He shoots the Nazi in the back and then looks through the window thinking that Natasha is probably dead. Bosh is moi, he says. Oh,
1: Colossus is uh, here.
0: Yeah, Colossus. Um, By the white wolf, he says. Um, and And Wolverine has successfully saved Natasha by covering her body with his body.
1: This wasn't even a fair fight. He joined up with us almost, it seemed like, for the fun of it. Yet he shielded your body with his own. Natasha says he told
0: he t- me to be brave, even Petrovich. Oh, her name's right there. His name's right there. Yeah. I didn't even have to slip back a couple pages.
1: Uh, back to Seraphs, as he told us. Captain America says it's too risky. It's the first place they'll look for us. Best place to go is the American consulate. But they go to the American consulate, and Baron Strucker's there with more Nazis.
0: Turns out that the, uh, the I guess, the German government has bought out the head of the U.S. consulate. That sucks. Yeah. Don't you hate it when that happens?
1: Yeah. feels like there should be like safeguards in place for that, but maybe not in 1941. So we flip our attention to now where Black Widow is got somebody upside down and he's like, oh man, I don't know if I can hold you. I had a rough night. I might drop you. Wolverine pops his claws and he's like, don't worry, I'll catch him. And then the guy's like, I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll do anything you want.
0: Fenris and Siuaraba, where's their meat and when?
1: Flip back to 1941, and some... And, oh, uh, Captain America calls the American consulate, consulate a traitor. Yes. all
0: well, depends on your point of view, doesn't it?
1: Yes. From a certain
0: point of view. <laughs> From
1: a certain point of view, I'm a patriot and you're a communist. Yeah. Captain America uh, says, a says, a certain point of view. <laughs> yes. Baron America says, will have the
0: New World, the Third Reich, the old the old Europe and Africa, and Japan gets, the Asia, gets Asia and the Western Pacific. It is only fitting that a key instrument in the destruction of the communist evil should be forged from the one who bears the name of the imperial dynasty. The Reds so ruthlessly tried to murder. I don't know anything about Russian history, but I'm assuming that's Romanov.
1: Oh, maybe. During their bloody revolution... So uh, Baron Strucker is like, Nastasha is going to go. She's got an aptitude for martial arts. So uh, under some guy's tutelage, she's going to become a master assassin, which I think is ultimately what happens. So maybe he's talking about Boris.
0: Well, she becomes a master assassin, but under the tutelage of uh, the Russian guy,
1: mm. even
0: Ivan? Even okay. Ivan. Um, I think they also say she's already pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Captain America wonders if this man has any decency. She's just a kid. And the guy with the robe, who's he?
0: He's, I'm guessing, the head of the hand at this time, 1941.
1: Precisely the point. The younger the soul, the more easily it will be to be molded. Take up the sacred sword, Natasha Romanoff. And
0: we are jumping back and forth between timelines way too much. I got very confused, not because the story was hard to follow, but because I kept not getting into it because you only get a little bit of stuff. I just wanted more space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, we're back in, we're back in Buccaneer Bay uh, where I guess in Madripoor and a ship has landed. We see Fenris and we see Tatsuo Suraba. They're hanging out. A boat uh, arrives and Psylocke. And um, I'm not sure if we're not supposed to know that this is Psylocke and Black Widow. I thought it was pretty obvious, but I'm not sure if we're supposed to know anyway they're dressed to the nines they have these slinky dresses on all of the uh all of the locals shipyard's men are drooling
1: and pulling up the rear is jubilee in her boy costume hair slicked back wearing puffy pants and a uh a tank top and she's got the 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 dim sum
0: dim sum for 50 it's, this is like her thing it was
1: pizza for 50 dim sum for 50 and she's this like,
0: like, "This is like her shtick."
1: And the guys are like, "Look at those girls! va vavoom! Va, oh man!" And Jubilee's like, "Pollys." She thinks to herself, "Most guys, they just have no class whatsoever. Shake the right bit of booty under their noses, and what passes in them for brains goes right out the window." And she shakes her booty a little bit uh, in, uh, I guess, sarcasm towards them.
0: Oh, and look—you can see Wolverine's shadow underneath her box of dim sum. Oh
1: yeah. That's cool. He sneaks onto the boat, and as the, the 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 pervy guys are following the hot ladies, Wolverine's like, Hey, fellas, got a light?
0: Got a light?
1: <laughs> and all of a sudden, it turns into that episode of that show. That was a messed up episode.
0: Wait, was that the Atom Bomb episode? Yes. Okay, so that was part of it. That yeah. was a good episode, but man, I was like, what is going on?
1: I think I told you this, but it's worth repeating. That was like mid-season episode, mid-series, mid-season episode. And I was telling my wife like, I'm really I think I'm getting into this and I was like kind of explaining what was happening and she'd watched a little of the first couple of like the first season from the 80s and she'd been watching a little bit of the episodes and I'm like, "Yeah, you should you should really watch this with me." And it was that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she Are they all like this? <laughs> yeah, she she didn't last long. I was like, I don't know what's happening, but this is amazing. And she's like, nope. (laughs) And uh, she politely excused herself and went and did other things. And I was sitting in there just like, is is there going to be like, is something going to happen that connects like one scene to the next scene? Or is it just going to be all this bizarre stuff? And it's this, it's all the other, it's all the bizarre stuff. Which I think many people have spent a great deal of time, like, well, what it actually means is, and I'd like to. There's there's a lot of
0: connective tissue there, and I like, you know, I think, I think uh, David Lynch has basically said, I like to present things that aren't necessarily connected that people will interpret as being connected because it's neat. You know, that's the way that's kind of how David Lynch's cinema works, and he probably has his own interpretation from it, but that doesn't seem to matter so much as to him as just that other people are able to interpret it.
1: Yeah. Yep, I'd like to rewatch all of that again. And we talked about that at length uh, on a recent Patreon episode. And if you're not listening to the Patreon episodes, you can get more of this fascinating movie talk with Jeremy and Adam behind our current run of X-Men comics. So the thing to know about that episode that I didn't
0: find out until afterwards is that I feel like it's heavily inspired by these um, atom bomb film tests that were done by Bruce Conner um, in the 70s. And he's like a film art guy and he just does all of these kind of very similar slow motion atom bomb actual like explosion stuff. Well, the... he sets it to musical in some of them and, he, you know, it's just like it's 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 neat.
1: So, yeah, the probably Googleable, but the thing that I, I believe that that explosion, the nuclear explosion presented in that episode, is is not test footage. It's it's wholly created for the episode.
0: Oh no, yeah, I, I I'm I'm not saying that it's uh, actual footage. I'm saying that yeah. it's inspired. By.
1: And what I wonder is, you know, did like Lynch comes up with some crazy things to put on film, but like super high definition special effects generally isn't isn't that it's usually weird enough that you can overlook all the fakeness because it's just so weird Mm. Uh, but that that episode like when you see that explosion you're like whoa you almost think like is this just some previously unreleased footage that he got his hands on because as I recall anyways it's it's really it's black and white it's all slow motion Um, but it looks it doesn't look fake at all it looks really good uh and then i think you and then i, I guess you know it's CGI because i think you zoom into the explosion and you start seeing things uh, uh yeah, i got to watch that that again a lot yeah. of a lot of crazy things around that explosion and somehow it all connects to like why things are happening in twin peaks the way that they're happening a lot of a lot of that comes out of that episode but that is
0: the origin of twin peaks you yeah. might say
1: but it's so sort of vague that if you're not I don't know. Looking for those connections, or or paying attention to, to to it closely, you'd be like, I don't know what's happening. This is like some weird art thing.
0: I I think a lot of uh, you know Lynch Lynch was heavily into the art scene as far as a viewer, and I do think he he borrows liberally from a lot of different stuff. Sure, which you do. I mean, artists borrow from each other all the time.
1: So we find out that Jubilee's fireworks took out the yacht's engine. Wolverine and, and it explodes. And the it ex- whole yacht explodes. Yeah, it's 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 pretty treacherous there. Uh, Psylocke and um, Black Widow change from their their sexy evening wear to their costumes somehow. Uh, I
0: think my so so yeah. I think what <laughs> happened is that uh, they're not they actually are dressed in their outfits, and Psylocke is just making all these men see them in these skanky outfits
1: uh psylocke has that slinky
0: outfits cur- i didn't mean skanky i apologize
1: <laughs> just freudian slip of some sort yeah yeah uh psylocke has her curly hair wig in her hand though does she yeah then that little front kick the the long panel that stretches over two pages in her right hand she's got her wig that she was wearing oh you're right she does <laughs> so well, i mean she she couldn't do the wig so, I, I mean I think what you're saying is plausible and I think Psylocke and other tele, telepaths have done this in the past of like you're just seeing normal people carry on but for some reason if, if what you say is true Psylocke's like oh man I can do clothes can't do hair
0: <laughs> well maybe she just wanted to dress up maybe it was a rare
1: opportunity it's like I found this wig Wolverine can I wear it? and he's like you do you yeah <laughs> wigs are fun so back in 1941, the chips look down. It looks like, uh, oh, well, the the leader of the hand here is like, take this knife and kill this man who's your friend. Just chop do it. his head off. And, I and she's like, please, no. Is he got like power over her? It
0: seems like he has some sort of manipulation, but they don't ever get into it because he's basically telling her to do stuff. And then he says, "Resistance is useless, girl. Obey me. I am Jonan. My will is supreme." And so he must have some sort of control
1: Uh, And then some blades, I guess, are thrown at the sword The sword breaks in half
0: So I thought so, too But when you cut over to Wolverine, he's just holding a sword So I think what happens is he just cuts her sword in half Hmm. And then then I think the next panel is supposed to be a continue of that stroke And he slices that guy's head off
1: Yeah, it gets real pretty quick it's not, it's
0: not the, because the sword is comically long in the first panel, yeah. it doesn't really work, but it's kind of neat if you connect the two and with it just, it's one swerve or swipe where he cuts this her sword in half and then the other guy's head off.
1: I did not connect that until you just laid it out like that.
0: I, I was confused at first because I saw it and I was like, what is he throwing? Yeah. Cause it, so I looked at the other panel and I was like, well, he doesn't have anything. So he's not throwing anything.
1: Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I feel like there's probably a, a different way to present this without losing any of the impact. But now that you sort of describe it, that's that's kind of cool. One one motion cuts the sword, sort of breaks the spell, and he carries through and cuts this dude's head off.
0: It's it's oh. also the only way that it would make sense because if one panel happens and he chops the sword and then he stops everybody would be like wait what <laughs> and then on the next panel he'd be like oh now I'm going to chop
1: your head off <laughs> what's the matter fellas looks like you've seen a ghost Captain America's like we saw you shot we saw you riddled with bullets in Adam's scenario <laughs> that machine gun pistol riddled you with bullets and then we Wolf- got better Wolverine uses that classic Chris Claremont line I wish it said I was sick but I got better but he just says I got better what's that from we've seen it used a couple of times, multiple characters. I believe you, I just don't know. Well, the first time I was aware of it is Maddie Pryor in Avengers Annual Number 10. Not Madeline Pryor, but little girl Maddie Pryor, who has no relation, uh, is sick, and then she's talking to the nurse, and she's like, I got sick, but now I'm better, or I got better. And then Mm. I feel like other characters have been beaten up by bad guys. Look at you, paying attention. Heck yeah, man! I feel like (laughs) I Got Better is a is a Claremont one-liner. Cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, he shreds their, the ropes that are tying the uh, the wrists of Captain America and Ivan Petrovich. We're not out of the woods yet, partner, says Captain America, by a long shot. Assassins don't look too pleased that you killed their leaders. Had it coming. No argument, no argument there, my friend. Uh, i added something to that word balloon. I kind of had to. It was rolling off the tongue.
1: They're not going to leave without a fight. Their choice, their funeral, says Wolverine. And they fight. And they win. And Seraph comes and picks him up. Yeah, And uh, Wolverine... Had this
0: all set up, you know? Would have gotten us clean away, spared everyone a whole world of grief if only you done as you were flaming told. I don't know. He's oh. talking to Seraph. You
1: no, know, he's talking to Captain America and, and Ivan there saying you should have gone back to the Princess Bar. Oh, or or gotcha. seraphs, rather. Gotcha. Because they're like, no, 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 that's the first place we're going to go. So we're going to go to the American consulate. And Wolverine may or may not have known that the American consulate was uh, compromised, but he definitely knew that he had escape and, and all of the passage booked if they would have just gone to seraphs. But uh, anyways, they, they, uh, Wolverine comments that Natasha a tough kid, seraph, but some things no good kid should have to see. 'Cause she's true. resting. If right they had now. just
0: gone to Seraph's, then she wouldn't have had to see Wolverine chop that dude's head off. Yep. And then slaughter all those other dudes.
1: You told me, be brave, little uncle. I fought the wizard as hard as I could. Oh, so wizard, so he had some sort of sway over her. And had Wolverine not have showed up, she would have uh killed Ivan. Yes. Yep. Did fine princess, maybe proud. Now get on that plane, scoot. Better scoot, Boy
0: Scouts. See, this is the old, this is the Wolverine that used to say scoot.
1: hmm <laughs> He said that between 1941 and 1990, but stopped in 1991. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Short hop over to Singapore, then west to India. Hang a right. Kids safer uh, home in Mother Russia.
0: We worked pretty well together, mister, says Captain America. Shame to break up so potential a team. And Logan says, appreciate the cap. I mean, appreciate the thought cap. But I work alone. I don't need a sidekick.
1: And Captain America's like, "Well, I was going to call you Bucky, but um, I guess this is for the best. Take care, Logan." Actually, uh, I meant as uh, my. Never mind. (laughs) Hope we meet again. Anything's possible. Count on it, little uncle. Oh, count on it, little uncle. Seraph says. Wolverine's like. I think Seraph says that. Yeah, she does. Uh, She's amused that Wolverine or Logan's being called little uncle.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. I am too. Uh,
1: and then we flashed now, and uh, they find out that they did this whole adventure, this whole boat uh, caper, and Hayabusa and the Fenris twins are stand-ins, doubles. They're pa- fakes, paid to be here. Have no other information. It was all a big setup. Silox scans the area. There's nothing around here. And Probably watching the show right now, laughing
0: themselves silly at how completely and easily they played us for chumps. Jubilee's
1: like, that's it? We just give up? And Wolverine's like, can't win them all. Who wants a drink? Or means we have to be more careful. Happens even the best. Oh, Make uh, as sure as we can
0: that this never happens again. And we see Wolverine in the telescope, and we cut to the telescope, and we see the arms of the real Fenris and Tatsuo clinking their glasses a forlorn hope x-men we intend to make sure of that to victory my friends the first of many
1: so this issue i like it because it's it's definitely a break from the norm and for some reason we decided that we're going to tell a little bit more of black widow's origin and we're going to establish a relationship with captain america and wolverine which is fine all that's good um I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that it flips back and forth too soon, too too fast. Because, it
0: was jarring when I was reading it. I was just like, "Wait, I, I'm not getting comfortable in yeah. any of these spaces." It starts out pretty good. Yes, like I think about halfway, it just starts picking up the pace. Where I was trying to imagine it as a movie, and it it was just like too jarring for
1: me. I yeah, and so I think that takes away from the overall experience because ultimately, I leave the the issue sort of like. Mix like meh. I mean, it was it was good concept, good art, and and some really good action scenes and whatnot. And again, like the attempt to do like we're not going to do just mutants fighting more mutants. We're going to do like this kind of weird one-off story. But I really feel like because they tried to shovel it all in 24 pages, it sort of suffered. I, I feel like this should have been I don't know a graphic novel or just a double-sized or just something a little bit bigger to sort of stretch out those flashbacks to get, let you get comfortable in 1941, then let you get comfortable in modern, um, and then sort of draw the parallels as you move the story forward.
0: What but, were the I mean, parallels? I mean, honestly, you could have done the 1941 segment by itself and then just done the current segment by itself. I mean, I, I like the jumping back and forth, but...
1: The the parallels were were sort of like the pacing of the... Uh, adventure and the fight but like direct literal parallels there weren't any uh that would have what's that ninjas ninjas uh melting ninjas I, i think with some more pages and with some more time you could have probably done a story that had like you know a modern uh past parallel story with more time to sort of breathe and then, as you work your way toward the end, like the, the, the parallel of the story starts coming together. And now, well, could have been an instant classic. And still, it's still pretty good. Instead, here, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a pretty good, notable entry uh, in the Marvel um, pantheon. However, like, you don't need this issue in your collection uh, to keep up with what's happening.
0: This is a good one off issue. Mm hmm. It definitely doesn't necessarily have anything to do – like like you said, you don't need this issue at all because the Wolverine story continues with or without this happening. The X-Men story continues with or without this happening. But it's a good, enjoyable one-off. Like as far as one-offs go, this is probably one of the better ones.
1: You could call it a filler issue. You but, could. But, but you'd be wrong. It's definitely okay. smacks of like, I want to do this.
0: I at, think – because it has so many repercussions for the Wolverine's character that I don't, you can't really call it a filler.
1: No, I'm I'm actually kind of kidding about that because we call lots of things fillers. This is not a filler I- issue by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I also wonder if uh, this is a story. Um, I'm going to go back on it. A filler story to pad out the issue numbers to make sure that extinction agendas all lined up.
0: Yeah, I, I think. There is definitely something, um, and although they, they, right now they're in the middle of this period where X-Men is publishing twice a month, Mm. so you couldn't have an extinction agenda in the middle of that without it being somewhat confusing.
1: Yeah, and so maybe instead of doing just a filler, like some one-off meaningless story, Jim Lee's like, no, I'm new on this book, I want to make my name, I got an idea, or not, I don't know sure so there you go
0: i mean we we have told the story many times about how jim lee just wants to do like uh, chris caramon is kind of like what do you want to do and the artist says let's
1: do this i'm not familiar with this story that you're telling right now
0: (laughs) well it's it's brand new i'm uh i'm just coming up with this content now oh i just read a book yeah um called the secret of Jim Lee and Chris Claremont's relationship? Oh, okay. And uh yeah, lots of lots of cool deets.
1: Okay. And 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 this was referenced as as one of those cool deets? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh,
0: this is this is something that we've never mentioned before and and any listeners who this is the first episode doesn't understand why this is so funny.
1: <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about, Adam, cuz okay. I've never talked about a, a Jim Lee like Asking Chris Claremont, like if he could just do whatever he wanted to, and and the outcome of that being Captain America, Black Widow, and Wolverine story, that's never been a thing that I've I. Mentioned. Did anybody
0: imply you did? Wow, you're getting really defensive there. Oh, I, oh I,
1: I apologize. I, I thought that was the implication <laughs> here. I thought you were like calling me out for something.
0: Oh no! Why would I do that? I don't know why you got to be so hostile, Adam. I'm clearly referencing. That book that I just read, (laughs) The Secret Relationship of Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, I said that already.
1: Oh, okay. I I dial it all back. I apologize. I I got a little out of control there. I've been drinking, so... Oh, we
0: need to settle down. I I think we need to take a breather, (laughs) relax a little bit.
1: Actually, Adam, I was listening a long time ago and I've been saving this story and I've spilt the beans many times because I just couldn't hold it in. But I was listening to... Batman on Batman, a podcast by Kevin Smith, in which he had Jim Lee on the episode, which I thought that's pretty cool. And evidently, during the entire uh, like podcast, like I guess Jim Lee just draws all the time. So Jim Lee's just like drawing Batman's while while they're talking, and Kevin Smith is just like, oh my god, that's awesome because he loves Batman. Uh, and they started talking about this. Is the part that maybe I mixed up some details, but jim lee was telling a story of like i was getting sick of drawing just wolverine in his same old poses so you know i was talking to chris and i was like hey you know one day i'd like to do just something different and chris is like all right what do you want to do he's like well i don't know what about something with captain america black widow and wolverine like we couldn't do that because that wouldn't work and captain or uh captain captain chris claremont was like yes we can (laughs) i'm chris claremont i run the x-men you can do whatever you want pitch me an outline and uh
0: then Jim Lee got cold feet and it was like, wait, I don't know how to draw Captain America. I better draw him just like
1: Wolverine. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, cause I never, you know, I listened to that and I was like, oh yeah, there's that issue of, of, uh, of the X-Men with, with those three characters. I barely remember it, but it's a thing. Jim Lee drew it. Um, but I didn't know at that time. And this is going back like a long time. This is like probably like eight years ago when I heard that episode of, uh, fat man on Batman. And, uh, I didn't have a frame of reference as to how many issues of X-Men Jim Lee had done before this issue. And I feel like this is like the fourth issue.
0: He did a couple as like a fill-in artist. Right. And then this is probably, yeah, you're right, his fourth as the actual artist.
1: So I'm like, wait, a minute, he's already tired of drawing like x-men standard poses and and wants to do something different i was like uh, maybe i mixed up some details of that story but i'm like i don't know like i've been holding on to this for so long it'd be weird for me to make up new details it didn't actually happen but
0: maybe he was tired of drawing the punisher because he'd done a lot um, of punisher
1: yeah no he 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 definitely called out being tired of drawing wolverine the same way
0: Hmm. but his run of punisher did have wolverine in it and he did do a bunch of wolverine covers
1: yeah yeah and uh x-men covers as i recall yeah so anyways uh, uh if the story holds this this story is a brain child of uh of Jim Lee and chris claremont's like whatever you want to do we can do it which is strange because uh, d- does the the book that uh, uh the real book that you read the the orange covered marvel comics it does not reference this at all hmm
0: uh, the Marvel Comics—I forget what it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I have it. I, one of these days, I'll actually read it. But
0: actually, there is stuff that I wanted to incorporate into uh, some of our Rob Liefeld stuff, but I, it's in the other room, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get it some other time yeah,
1: for next time. What I—the story I don't know—is uh, I guess the ending of Jim Lee, Chris Claremont's relationship, and I'm curious if it was truly like so. Chris Claremont told a story. He said, because uh, I feel like it was addressed, like, how, like maybe the question was like, how did it feel to be like kicked off the X-Men or moved off the X-Men? And I feel like his answer was like, oh, I was a little disappointed at first, but you know, if, if Chris Claremont stays on the X-Men, then you can't have stup- superstars like Joss Whedon writing the X-Men. And I was like, ah, that's weird because <laughs> that was like a decade after or even longer after you left or were kicked off the X-Men, or however it actually happened. I feel like he was sort of sugarcoating it to be like, no hard feelings, even though I might have hard feelings. Uh, this is a, yeah. my public face. Like I needed to move aside so that others may have a turn. People like Joss Whedon. I was like, that doesn't make sense, because Astonishing X-Men could have happened parallel to uh, Chris Claremont's Uncanny yeah. X-Men. Uh, that doesn't hold water. So I, I don't know. I just feel like there was like a, probably creative differences where Jim Lee's like, I don't want to do any of your like. Not that I'm. I don't want to paint Jim Lee as a as a jerk because he seems like a perfectly nice guy on the podcast and uh, some of the interviews I've seen. But I just wonder if maybe in his young age he was like, "Look, old man, <laughs> the kids don't <laughs> want your stories. They want dynamic poses, and only Leifeld and I have them." And yes, Jim Lee talked like a valley kid.
0: <laughs> so from what I understand. And I'd have to I'd have to reread it to really not be talking off the seat of my pants.
1: That's all we but, do, Adam. Uh, yeah, Most I of know. what I just said is probably wrong.
0: So what I'm going about to say that is probably wrong is that it feels like the editorial ship was kind of going with the fact that they had all of these superstar uh artists and the artists were becoming more important of the more important than the writers, which is why you end up giving books like you give Uh, Todd McFarlane Spider-Man which is a book that he apparently he didn't even want but he was not he was like well I'm not going to turn it down Um, it was just kind of an editorial thing where it's like let's give the artists control and see what happens and it backfired Okay, but I don't again the only only, uh, actual true thing is I know that Todd McFarlane has said in interviews that Spider-Man the solo comic was not his idea and it wouldn't have been his choice
1: hmm I, yeah, I don't know. I, I could, I could buy that. Right? He did, he did good things on Spider Man, uh, and so the editorial staff was probably like, "Oh my God, imagine a new Spider Man book, no adjective." Todd McFarlane show.
0: Yeah, we'll think, sell
1: millions.
0: I think what he said was he just wanted to do his own book where he wrote, and they, and he figured that they would probably give him some crappy title, and they gave him Spider Man, and he was like, "Really."
1: All right. I <laughs> can <laughs> uh, say no to that cash cow. Sure. You got that Spider-Man money. Well, anyways, there you go. There there's, you know, 70% falsehoods and, and maybe 30% <laughs> truth in everything we just said, but you know, somewhere there's a nugget of truth. Um we got a couple of uh communique. Uh, one's from Patreon. I think it's worth reading here because it's something we haven't really decided. It's from astronaut Mike Dexter at I don't know how it's un, Jakey? Un So you can follow him if you know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> and he asks, uh, what is the plan when adjective less X Men is planned in about twelve issues from the current episode? Alternating between uncanny and adjectiveless, or stay or just stay following uncanny? I don't know. I, I think this has been a question that we've either been asked or has been on our minds since day one.
0: Yeah, I've only planned like and and plan is very a loose term when I say it. I've only planned as far out as Extinction Agenda. And I honestly, I'm not sure how we're going to handle that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Twelve I,
1: episodes I, I, where each issue is covered in depth. A whole, uh, I guess, yeah. A whole... It's only
0: nine issues long, so I'm not sure what we would do with the last three or, let's see, yeah, three episodes. Uh, we just all... have to talk about what we covered.
1: Yeah, post-speculation yeah, <laughs> and pre-speculation. Um, um, I,
0: I, you know, that is definitely an option. We could do each issue as, uh, we could do nine episodes of Extinction Agenda. Yeah. And that, that is definitely something that has crossed my mind. I feel like we're going to have issues with the X Factor issues. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe they're, maybe they're better than I remember them.
1: I, like I said, I, I recently reread them, like within the last 10 years, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I bet you though there's probably like some some burn through of X Factor and New Mutants and then focusing on X Men that could be done, but I really don't remember how uh, closely those stories uh, line up. I you know because a lot of those multi part comics will be like you know uh, cliffhanger, and but your next character your next book will focus on. Like, the New Mutants, if that's the next chapter, we'll focus on the New Mutants, and maybe a bit of the cliffhanger will be resolved, but then you focus all on the New Mutants, and then... But I don't yeah, remember how Extinction Agenda works. But probably anyways... Probably
0: some continuity snafus.
1: We'll have to look for them. But as far as adjective-less X-Men goes, I don't... I don't know. Um, it, bouncing back and forth... Because as I recall, like, the stories outside of them all living in the mansion, I don't know that they're like terribly connected. I feel like when they need Jean on the gold team, she's just on the gold team for a little while, and when Wolverine needs to help out on the blue team, he's he's there on the blue team. I, outside of like some some mini series and stuff, I don't know that they really connect. But it would be weird to cover uncanny in depth and not X-Men. It would be more weird to do it the opposite way.
0: I think we're going to do arcs like where we cover we cover X Men one, two, and three, and then we cover Uncanny X Men two, eighty one, two, eighty two, two, eighty
1: three. Yeah, it in, it,
0: it in single episodes. It it not not like three, not all three issues in one episode. But we'll be jumping back and forth where possible. I really don't know because I'm not sure how the continuity works.
1: I I'm not either. And so I almost think that you know we might. This might be weird because Claremont writes the first three. Uh, issues, we we might treat adjective-less X-Men as like just another mutant book and just like, eh, on X-Men, this happened.
0: I don't know, man. I mean...
1: <laughs> seems weird, doesn't it? Because you're actually going to have characters that we've that been feels following.
0: wrong because... Just, in, just, the, in the 90s, adjective epsilon was the new hotness, and it would be weird for us to not cover it like it's the new hotness.
1: Uh, maybe that's subjecting your expectations, and because we're subjecting your expectations, it's better.
0: Also, we want that, we want that buy-in viewership that we're going to get from launching a brand new X-Men number one.
1: Oh, we're going to start a podcast over. It's going to be <laughs> uh, adjective list danger room. Because you know how many people are gonna like
0: scan all of our you know, people people probably scan through our episodes looking for specific issues. And you know X Men, adjective X Men adjective less X Men number one is gonna be one of those highly sought after episodes. Super collectible.
1: Maybe we'll maybe we'll put it on Patreon. Yeah. I don't know, we'll figure it out. We don't know. That's, that's... We're gonna
0: do adjective S-Men, X X Men only on Patreon at the ten to fifteen dollar level.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> per episode. Yeah. And and we're going to poly bag it and put trading cards in it. Virtual poly bag and virtual. Cards.
0: We are, we are going to mail you a t-shirt from my collection.
1: Oh, is it going to be comic related or just some dirty old white t-shirt? <laughs> it's
0: just going to be a dirty old, I don't have any white t-shirts, okay. so it, it'll, it'll probably be a uh, previously a nice fabric, but it'll have been worn. So oh. be a little weathered.
1: Wow. A, a t-shirt worn by a real podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> wow we'll put that right on ebay
0: super good stuff man
1: okay well uh that's all the letters i feel like covering today um ready <laughs> so if you want to reach out to us feel free to do so uh www.xmenpodcast.com is our web page facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast uh at danger room go is where you can twitter us danger room at xmenpodcast.com is where some emails can be Delivered to, or go out to iTunes, subscribe to us, leave us some feedback, leave us some stars, uh, and check out all of the episodes. Uh, or uh, also go out to Patreon.com/forward slash Danger Room, where you can hear all of our our discussion on the latest run of X Men, um, the modern X Men, which we're lost in, but we try. And there's a lot of pop culture movie talk backed in those episodes, and it's free right now. Yeah,
0: until the pandemic's over.
1: And then it's going to be so expensive. <laughs> and then it will be a
0: whole dollar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollifeld.
0: True Dad. So we're going to take a break now, and you should tune in next week for our in-depth discussion of New Mutants number 93 and a bunch of other stuff.
1: Adam, have you ever watched like a YouTube video where... You're, I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, a specific type where, where, the, where the host is like... Um, and now I'm going to show you uh, the inside of this thing. So I'm going to cut the camera and I'll be right back. Cut to, all right, I'm back. And here we are inside this thing. And look how interesting it is. And and now what we're going to do is I'm going to cut the camera again and we're going to get a, another look from another side. So I'll be back in just a moment. Cut to, all right, we're back in this new angle. Yeah, I've I, seen that. I feel like you, you just did that, Adam, where you said, I'm like, we're bro. going to take a break. When for the audience, it's, it's either going to be a week or they're binging it and it's going to be in like five minutes, but either way,
0: I'm a pro man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Actually, I, my, my goal in that whole thing was pointing out that some people are amateurs. Oh, okay. you, you don't need on your YouTube video when your cut's going to be instantaneous to tell people that you need to take a break and cut the camera and move it because. So you're, so you're saying that I am an amateur. No, no, no. You're a pro. Okay. Because the thing you did you meant to do and you're as you edit this, you're like, Oh man, I got an idea for this. Or or am I editing this? In which case you're I'm... gonna sound like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: gonna boost all my audio so I sound all echoey and weird. Pretty much, yeah. You were editing this one.
1: Oh. You're screwed. Oh no. <laughs> all right, well then, yeah, we're gonna close this thing down. It's it's been a long one. Uh it's been a fun one. I, I want to I just kind of drift back a little bit. I, I think the reason that we spent so much time not talking about the X-Men during that comic, because we did talk about a lot of other things during the comic, was because it, it was moving so fast that it was difficult to hold our attention. Maybe. Um, I think we're also pretty scatterbrained
0: in general. Yeah, that could be. I mean, like, I think half of the fun is that this is our show and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> and so, like, frequently we'll just start talking about random stuff and, uh, you know, structure be damned.
1: You know what we've never done? We've never introduced the issue and then just been like, you know what? This issue sucked. And then just spent an hour <laughs> talking about something completely different and never actually talked about the issue. That's true. One day that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen in in those dark, like... 280, no, three, 340 issues. So there are some in the 300s. really,
0: really bad issues coming up. And I can't imagine during those we're not going to talk about the issue because it's so much fun to talk about how bad it gets. But there might be some that are just like, meh, I'm not really feeling the X Men right now. They're, you know, nothing's really going on in adjective lists. So,
1: no, I don't know. We're, 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 uh, what issue was this? This was two, 293, 283? Of the, uh, the oh, comic we, book, this was 268. We got a little while. I feel like it gets terrible like as you hit 300.
0: I feel like with the amazing podcasters that we are, it's never going to get terrible.
1: Sure. <laughs> I think you're right. All right, everybody. Uh, then that's going to do it for us. Uh, Till next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. The Danger Room is closed.